say it, you say it over and over again. And we're going to keep saying it. Keep calm. Look, the world's going crazy. You got to keep calm. You got to add vent on. That is the idea. Um, we want to thank all of you for joining us uh, today. Um, we, uh, we, we know more are going to join up in a little bit, but, um, we're just happy that you're here with us. And, uh, you know, we always make a big deal about this, but, uh, it is a big deal for us. Uh, today, a very first happy Sabbath was from Tracy Dane, also known as Jessica and her family. So, uh, we just want to welcome Jessica. We want to welcome Jasmine. We want to welcome Luce as well. And anybody else that's joined us, give us a shout out. If you are listening to us live. Uh, and if you're not, well, you know, give us a shout out anyways. I don't know if we'll pick it up, but you know, just, just, just give us something anyways. Um, Andrew, Jason, how are you guys doing on this beautiful Sabbath afternoon? I don't know how hot it is over there, but I can tell you how hot it is in this office <laughs> and it's getting out of control. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good so far. Actually, right now that you said the hot thing, um, last time, um, I remember I said, if I remember correctly, I said it was 103 where I was at. Today, it's a little nicer. There's a nice breeze outside and it's 94 degrees. And I'm thankful for that. Um, you know, whatever you do, don't head to wherever. Never mind. I can't say that. I was going to say, don't go to wherever it's 104 degrees in the middle of May. Come on now. That's that's tough. That is tough. What's up? What's up, Andrew? What's up, man? I'm doing all right, man. <laughs> you know, a couple of people said something about my background. They said, you know what? You seem like you're sweating a lot less. I can see your plants in the background moving. So I'm doing I'm doing all right now. Now that I got the fan going on in here, so I think we're doing all right. That's good. That's good. Well, look. Um. Yeah. No, you got to keep the fan. I got a fan going on up there. Uh. Literally, I kid you not. About like 30 seconds before I started speaking, I was laying on the floor, just letting all of that air come on me because it's just. And, and I've been in here now for uh, two hours now straight. Uh. And I still got four more hours to go. Just so you guys know. All right. I got four more hours to go. Uh, but we're going to make it. Uh, I can do all things through Christ. At least that's what I'm trying to tell myself at, at this moment. Um, anyways, uh, again, we want to welcome everybody that's joining us. Um, and uh, I want to just give a quick shout out to all the people who have uh, accepted and, and, and become our contact through Instagram, who have are now following us through Instagram. Uh, Jason, tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, I'm actually really happy that we have the Instagram up and running. Um, Last week, after our conversation, we did have two people um, suggest us topics and themes. Mm -hmm. And um, one of those themes is what we're actually going to talk about today. Besides go. the fact that we already had that idea of getting moved around, um, that, just, that comment just made us confirm that we wanted to, to talk about this. So um, if you guys want to, you guys, or if you guys need to, whatever it is, if you guys want to reach out to us, you guys can reach out to us on Instagram. You can send us a DM um, in our highlighted stories. We have a question section where you could throw all your questions at. And it also has our email on there. So you could um, uh, click our email, whatever it is, uh, however it is you guys want to reach us. It's go on Instagram. And um, our Instagram is keep calm advent on. Very easy, guys. Keep, at, at keep calm advent on, just like that. So not and. We don't put that and in the middle. It's just keep calm advent on. Um, and, and, and let me just say, look, um, we're taking this as seriously as we can, honest, we are, right? So we hope that uh, if this is beneficial to you, if this has been a blessing to you, if you feel that the Lord has spoken to you in different ways, share it with your friends, share it with the people that you know, uh, because it, it, our, our goal here is not even for us, right? Obviously, we get blessed through this, 
But um, our main thing is to be able to reach all of you and to reach anybody else who has a desire to know more about these topics. So, um, you know, if you can on your social media, just, uh, you know, send a, send a link, copy that URL from this YouTube stream. Um, you know, we want to make sure that everybody that can get it will get it. Um, and, uh, and as uh, Jason said, absolutely. Uh, today's topic um, was suggested by someone actually it was suggested last week in the chat and through the comments. And actually, so, I want to point something out. Shout yeah, out yeah. to, to um, Jesse. She's the one that asked the question, and she's also the first one to promote us on her own social media. So thank you for that. Hey, there you go. All right, man. We 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 appreciate it, honestly, uh, Jessica. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, I, you know, I think I think we're ready to start. Um, so uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna jump straight into this. Um, Jason, you want to lead us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's go ahead. Um, let's pray, guys. Father God, I want to thank you, Lord, first of all, for not just any other day, Lord, but the Sabbath, the day where we could rest and we could rest in you. Now, Lord, that we're about to dive into your word. I pray that uh, whatever is spoken today, it be your words, not ours, that it be your knowledge that is coming out through us, Lord. And thank you for letting us have this day of rest. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 All right. Um, so, look, guys, I wanted to start off by just sharing a, a little something. Uh, recently, I came across this series. Uh, titled The Chosen. And it's the craziest thing because it actually is is on an app. So it's not like you go to Netflix and you watch the, the series, right? Um, this is actually a specific app. It's titled The Chosen. I, I thought it was really good. Obviously, there's some things that that I wouldn't agree with. Um, but, you know, the, these are the semantics or the differences that we have within uh, denominations. Um, but it's basically about the life of Jesus. But one of the things that they emphasize so much, I kid you not, like one of the things they emphasize so much is the Sabbath in their culture, right? And I'm gonna tell you, like I was watching some of these scenes, very well done, very well acted. It's all very well directed in my opinion. And I was like, whoa, the Sabbath looks awesome. Just what they were doing, people getting together, families getting together, reciting verses of the Bible, um, just, you know, just spending time. Like it, you make preparations, getting ready for the Sabbath, all those different things. And, and I'm like, this just seems like such a great idea. And yet, as you and all of us know, and maybe most of the people who are watching us, denominationally speaking, Sabbath keeping is in the minority, right? That's not what's popular. So it got me thinking, what's up with the Sabbath? And I think others have been thinking, what's up with the Sabbath? And just, again, a shout out to everybody that's joining us, but check this out, right? Tracy Dane, happy Sabbath. Jasmine Ramirez, happy Sabbath. Lou Sellis, happy Sabbath. Michelle, happy Sabbath. Jaylene, happy Sabbath. Isaura, happy Sabbath. Like everybody says happy Sabbath and like we get it, right? But others don't. And and I, what I'm hoping honestly more than anything is that this isn't something that what we're going to talk about is something that we repeat over and over again, but it's something that will help those who perhaps are not reaping the benefits of the Sabbath. And so our conversation today has to deal with that fourth commandment. Uh, and for those of you who didn't capture it, right, the title of today's I plead the fourth, kind of like I plead the fifth amendment, but in this case, we, I plead the fourth commandment. Maybe it didn't work. All right. But, but uh, our idea is to talk about the Sabbath. So we want to jump straight into this. Um, and I think the most fundamental question that we need to ask, that's, that's the question that we need to begin with is why did God establish the Sabbath. And I want everybody that's at home to start thinking about this as well. Dialogue it between each other as you're watching this, as we talk about it as well. Why did God establish the Sabbath? Who's going up first on this one? 
I want to say something <laughs> before. I'm just glad. Uh, I, I like the title that you went with, right? I plead the fourth. It was better than the, the one I had. I, I, I had originally said, uh, what about the Fourth Amendment? <laughs> so I think it came out pretty good. But uh, just about the Sabbath, I think it's um, I think it's something foundational. And I'm so glad that, that we're touching this, this subject and that we're not shying away from this. You know, I feel like uh, uh, many places, you know, we try to blend in in some sense. But I think it's, it's important that we tackle this, uh, this uh, subject of the Sabbath. So um, uh, the question was, why did God establish the Sabbath? So, That's right. Why uh, did God establish the Sabbath? Yeah. I, I want us to turn to, uh, to, to Scripture, right? In Exodus 31... 12 to 13, it says something interesting. It says, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak also to the children of Israel saying, surely my Sabbath, my Sabbath shall keep, shall, you shall keep for it is a sign between me and you throughout the generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Now we look at that text it has, there, there's so much in that text for us to unravel. And I just want to point out two things and, and maybe you guys can add to this, right? Uh, one is that the Sabbath points to sanctification and two, that it points to God as our creator. Now, I want to expand on this uh, 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 Sabbath. Why does the Sabbath point to sanctification? If you guys remember in Genesis 2, right, right after God finishes creating man and now it's the seventh day, he finishes his work and it says he rested. Not only did it say he rested, he blessed it and he sanctified it. Right. So right from the get go. We see rest, a separation of not only physical work, but of spiritual, right? It's a, a spiritual rest, right? And we and it says that he blessed it. You just said something uh, in in the beginning, Mitch, that you saw that the Sabbath was something that that man you wanted to keep it just from seeing that movie, right? And I and I think it I I would hope that the Sabbath was something like that, or at least how Jesus kept it, right? But it was supposed to be a blessing. It was never supposed to be a burden or something that 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 weighed us down. Right. And the third, right. Which was, which was what I was saying that he sanctified it. Right. Uh, uh, a lot of the non-denominational, non-denominational churches, right. The thing they'll say, uh, Oh, the Lord is the Sabbath. You know, Jesus is our rest. Right. Which I don't disagree with Jesus being our rest, but they say, they say something to the, to the, uh, to say, Oh, well, every day is my Sabbath. Right. If we kept one day, uh, uh, if we worship more, uh, how would you say it? Uh, him on one day better than the rest, you know, uh, I, as a non-denominational, they say, well, I keep all the days, you know, and I worship God all, all the days like that on a Sabbath. But, but what I would say to that is, then that would defeat the purpose of the Sabbath. Because if every day was a Sabbath, then it wouldn't be set apart, right? Because sanctifying it means what? That it is set apart as holy, Right. And what we as seven day Adventists are not saying that we're not going to worship God every other day as well. As Jason says all, uh, uh, a lot. Right. Uh, we're seven day Adventists, not seventh. Right. Well, we're seventh day Adventists, but we worship God seven days a week. But on the seventh day, we set it apart as holy. Right. And, and we worship. We set that as a time that we can spend time with God fully without distra distractions. Right. You know, uh, I kind of use this example because. I, uh, when I'm, whenever I'm going to work, I sit in the truck, I'll put my little, I'll either put a podcast on. I know you guys listen to the podcast, you and Jason, or I'll put on scripture, right? I'll, I'll do a prayer here, there, you know, before I start work or, you know, but there's a difference between putting all your work aside 
and being able to con- completely focus in on God. And I use this example. It's like um, when my wife, right, we're sitting in the bed, right? And I'm on my phone and she's doing something and she says, oh, I want you to spend time with me. And, I say, and I, my response is, but I am. I'm right here. I'm right next to you. But we know what that really means. We're there but you're not really there in the same way. I, I don't, I don't know what that means. I'm, you don't know what that means. Yeah, no, right? no, I've never heard that before. No, well, then that's a good answer. Then <laughs> Andrew's going to like that one, but right. So we're there, but we're not really there. And that's what it is when we do what we do with the Sabbath, we completely put everything away and say, this is the time that we're giving to the Lord. And um, maybe you guys want to, uh, uh, you know, give a little bit more. Sure. 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 Uh, Jason, you, you were going to start off too. Yeah. Um, for me, I feel like it's a little, like just something simple that comes to my head. Whenever I think about the Sabbath, it's Genesis and Genesis chapter two, verse one, it says, thus the heavens and the earth and all of all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed us the seventh day. And like Andrew said, sanctified it because in it, he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Now, you read this text, but never does it say that God was tired. It just says he was done. He rested. He's, he, uh, towards the end, it said he, um, he rested from all his work, which God had created and he made. So right there, it's because he was done. It was perfect. Like whatever he had done, it was perfect. So he just sat back to enjoy it. And I find, and I find that awesome because when the Sabbath comes, at least for me, when I, when I think about the Sabbath, it's a day where... I sit back, relax, mm. and don't have to think about all my obligations during the week. I don't have to think about work. I don't have to get all those stresses. I just sit back and relax and enjoy what God made for me. Um, and having my biologist background, nature to me is awesome on the Sabbath. I, I, I'm the type that likes to go hiking. I, I like being in nature on the Sabbath if I can, because I see everything that God has done. And then, then especially um, when I was in Puerto Rico, one of the things that I love to do on Sabbath was to go snorkeling because under the sea, it's just a completely different world. And seeing all those little animals living underneath there uh, without the use of oxygen. Now, if I try to live down there, I'd die. And to, to see all those things, it just like, it boggles my mind, like how creative God is. And that's something that I love about the Sabbath. Like it just reminds you of the creativity of God. Um, yeah, I, and, and for the record, Jason and I have had these conversations about snorkeling on the Sabbath, which we will not get into right now, Jason. But um, let me let me follow up what you're saying, though, because I do think you you bring a, a very good point between uh, nature and Sabbath, right? And and in in thinking about why would God establish a Sabbath or why does God give Sabbath? Um, first of all, the, the word Sabbath comes from Shabbat, which the idea is rest, right? Or ceasing is kind of the idea. Yeah, there you go. Just I, I, stopping. I yeah. The, the, the definition, and it literally means stop. Stop. That's it. That's correct. Right. And, and so it makes sense that when we look at creation, you know, God stops creation work and then he rests. But it, whenever I look at, at what happens in Genesis chapter two, uh, because that is the very first instance that we get of Sabbath chronologically, right? Or historically in, 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 in the history of our world. Um, I find that the Sabbath, and this is the way I would define it, right? I feel that the Sabbath simply was given for, was given for our benefit. It was created for our benefit. And this is my logic. Um, when you look at Genesis chapter one, everything that God does in every single day is done for the benefit of human beings. He is preparing a world for us to live in, right? 
without one of these elements, if you were to take out one of those days, if you skip out one of those days of creation, we're in trouble, right? We cannot exist. And so everything that God does in creation is for our benefit. Day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, and we show up. And so it would only follow that the creation week is not completed until the seventh day, right? And if you read the text, and I, and I know you guys have both mentioned this, um, Genesis 2, where God says that he blessed it and sanctified it, but he doesn't tell us why, right? It just says, this is what he did, right? He stopped, blessed it, sanctified it. There is no reason God doesn't say, oh, and by the way, I'm going to sanctify, I'm going to make it holy, I'm going to separate it because of this. It's not in there. But I can deduce from the text that the reason why God gives the Sabbath is for our benefit, ultimately, right? Because if everything else that he does in creation is so that you and I can exist within creation, the Sabbath has to fall along the same way. Um, and, and so uh, what I see more than anything is that God provides something beneficial for us through the Sabbath, right? There, the reason he gives it to us is for there to be a blessing. Now, someone would say, and, and Andrew, right? Maybe all of a sudden somebody would push back and say, oh, well, wait a minute, but all of the days were blessed or he blessed other things during creation. But I would say, look, the difference is that it was blessed and it was sanctified. Yeah. It ends creation week and it was made for us. And in fact, Jesus himself confirms this. Uh, you, you guys probably have thought about this text. Um, I, 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 There's no way we can talk about the Sabbath without remembering Mark chapter two, verse 27, where Jesus says um, the Sabbath was made for man. So check that out, right? The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath, which in my opinion is a very important um, uh, phrase. The idea is that we're not here to serve the Sabbath, but the Sabbath is here to provide a service to us, mm -hmm. right? We're not here to be slaves to the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was given so that our spiritual lives can improve in one way or another. Now, granted, this was before sin, right? Because once sin enters, I feel like the Sabbath takes on a whole different aspect. But at least fundamentally to the whole point of, of, of the question, why? Why did God do it? I think God did it because it was going to be something beneficial to us. Yeah, I, I just wanted to add what you were saying, right? That um, Sabbath was not made for man, but, you know, that, that, that whole uh, that scripture, uh, I'm sure you know that that word for man is, is anthropos, meaning mankind. Right. When I remember when I looked that up, I was like, wow, mankind, that to me gives it even more emphasis than just man, you know, because mankind means everyone. Right. So and, and we know that God established this in the beginning of creation far be, uh, before uh, the, the Ten Commandments. So it, it was something that was to be kept by everyone. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, I want us to turn to that, that verse I was talking about uh, in um, Exodus 31, 12. I wanted to finish. It says you shall keep. For it a sign between me and you throughout the generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you, right? The second point that I said is that it points to God as our creator because it says, I am the Lord who sanctifies you, right? So it points to God as a creator. And on top of that, it points to the gospel message because it says, I am the Lord who sanctifies you. It's not us that sanctifies ourselves. It's God who sanctifies us. In the same way, Jesus' death on the cross was what? A gift, for, for it is by grace that you have been saved, right? Not of yourselves. It is a gift, right? In the same way, I see that just as the Lord is the one who sanctifies us, and it points to sanctification, in the same way, we see almost a, a typology of, of the, the gospel message itself. And on top of that, what I, what I find interesting, I was saying that 
it says that I am the Lord, right? And before that, it says, you shall keep for, you shall keep for it is a sign between me and you. So that is telling me that if the Sabbath day was no longer to be kept, there would no longer be a sign that would point to God as creator. You see that? And I actually found a quote from Ellen White that kind of emphasizes this. It says, and this was a powerful quote when I first read it. It says, if people stopped keeping Sabbath, no more sign. No, it says, he, sorry. He has given to man the Sabbath as a memorial of creation. Man is to obey his command. And as he observes his memorial and the mind will be directed to the living God who created the heavens and the earth. And look at what it says here. It says, if man had always remembered to keep the Holy Sabbath, there would never have been an atheist or an infidel in our world. That's amazing. Uh, that, that, that's an amazing quote. But let me, let me go back to this text that you're, that you're reading. I got it right in front of me uh, because I, I feel like we overlook something on here. Let me see what you guys think about this. Uh, the text says, surely my Sabbath, you shall keep my Sabbath. You shall keep for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations. We're fine there. But then this word that, that you may know that I am the Lord. And so when I read that, right, that I am the Lord that sanctifies you. When I read that, it tells me that the Sabbath does not sanctify me. Okay, let me, let me make that clear because that's what the text is saying. Sabbath does not sanctify me. The Sabbath does not make me any holier. The idea is that the Sabbath teaches me, helps me recognize or emphasizes the fact that God is Lord, that he is my master, right? Because that's the concept of Lord, that he is in charge and that he sanctifies me. So it is as if the Sabbath is like an arrow pointing me to God as opposed to the Sabbath being something that points me to somewhere else or, or even has like this incredible supernatural benefit to me. The, the idea based on this text is that the Sabbath points you to God. And, and, and I want to know what you guys think about that. Well, I mean, before we continue on, on this, um, uh, on one of your comments earlier, you said that the Sabbath was made to benefit us, right? Correct. Sure. That's what I said. Yeah. Now, um, this, I found an article from the American journal of lifestyle medicine. This is a gov website. So this is with the government. Now, and it's in re reference to blue zones. Now, blue zones are the areas in which um, have the longest living people. And the government, the United States government, classifies just five different places that are considered blue zones. And one of those, interestingly, is Loma Linda. Loma Linda. Loma Linda. Now, this is what Loma. the article says on this. This Adventist community in California outlives the average American by a decade. Taking their diet directly from the Bible, they consume a vegan diet of, lofi, of leafy greens, nuts, and legumes. They also recognize the Sabbath and downshift for 24 hours every week. Uh, many of the Adventists are still very active in their late 90s. So that's something that I really like because it does benefit us. Mm. If, if the government is recognizing it, why don't we recognize it? Yeah, no, no, for sure. You, like, right. Those people, they'd rest one day and they're living like 90 plus years and even gives an instance of an of a doctor at the time that the article was written there was a doctor that instead of the the the, the guy is uh, 95 years old instead of hiring a contractor to pay him six thousand dollars to build a fence he builds it three days later he ends up in the hospital but he's not on the table he's the surgeon 
Mm. And the guy's 95. Mm. That's like the benefits are there. Mm. Mm. And this is just like, this is just for resting on it. That's not, that's not including any spiritual implications or anything. It's just the fact of rest and diet. Now, um, now back to your question. Sure. Um, does, does the Sabbath, does the Sabbath point you to God? That's what, that's what I'm curious about. Does it, I don't, I, I, it, it, this function, that's what the verse is saying, that that is how we know that he is the Lord who sanctifies it. I think it only points you to God if you're looking at it from a biblical point of view. Because if you think of just like a Sabbath to any regular person, like me, a sports fan, I think a Sabbath, uh, what's going on on Sabbath all the time is sports. So my day of rest would be watching sports if I'm just looking at it from a non Christian view. But when we're looking at it from a Christian view, we clearly see in Genesis that there was a, like we were saying in Genesis 2, there was a clear day that God rested. Now, when you're reading through the Bible, it's like, why did he rest? What do people do on this day of rest? Like all those times and instances in the Bible that the Sabbath is mentioned, it's all pointing towards honoring God to give him to, to recognizing him as my creator. So from a Christian point of view, clearly it points to him. Like there's no, it points to him because he's our creator. He's the one that practically invented the Sabbath. He, he's the one that did it. So that's why I feel from a Christian point of view, it points us to him from a, from a worldly view. If you have no idea what the Bible is, if you've never heard of the gen of Genesis, you're never going to get that, at least from my point of view, you're never going to get that notion of the Sabbath pointing to God. Sure. What you're, what you're saying basically is that you can disconnect this idea of resting a day in the week from God. Uh, but when we come at it from a biblical standpoint, then then it would point us to God. I, I see. Yeah, and, Andrew, I know you wanted to. Andrew was not just yeah. specific towards Adventism, just right. Christianity in general. You read That's the right. Bible, it's going to point you to God, specifically right. on the Sabbath. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I actually want to address two things, something that Jason said, and then uh, your question, Mitch. I'll, I'll address what you guys are talking about right here. Uh, I think absolutely is, like you said, you know, uh, it says that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Of course, you know, he's the one that sanctifies us. We don't have any part in that. It's like I was saying, it points to the gospel message. But even more than that, uh, if you look at what Jesus did, right? We believe Jesus is God. Everything that he did here, uh, you know, when he was on earth, a lot of it had to do with pointing people not to the Sabbath, because at that time, if the Sabbath was a given, but how to keep the Sabbath. Mm. So, you know, it, what Jesus dealt with here, you know, for, for the most part, was the correction of not only viewing the commandments, but most importantly, the Sabbath itself. And we see many of the healings that are that are take place on the Sabbath. So, so of course, you know, uh, I think Jesus was trying to rectify that and, and and show what the Sabbath was truly about. But um, I wanted to get back to what, uh, what, what Jason was saying, just kind of to piggyback off what he was saying, because he was saying that, that people, uh, you know, they did a study in Loma Linda that people live sure. longer, right? Sure. And I don't know if this has anything to... to, to um, kind of go along with that but I actually read an article that that it kind of goes along with it. it says that people who take at least one vacation a year are not only happier healthier and live the longest right mm -hmm. so imagine taking a rest every sabbath right how much more that not that we're taking vacations but the idea of rest and separation right is there so I thought that was interesting that you mentioned but hold, hold on hold on hold on I'm gonna push back on you for a second not that we're taking vacation. No, no, that's I'm not just, what I was trying I, I, to no, say. No, 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 I know, I know. I'm just curious though. Based on what we're saying about the Sabbath, God establishes, et cetera, et cetera. Wouldn't we assume that the Sabbath rests as God establishes it 
in scripture is better than a vacation? Absolutely. No, but are you just saying that just because I'm saying that right now? Because uh, look, I think, I think that for a lot of people, the Sabbath is kind of like a burden for those who keep the Sabbath. Like the Sabbath is burden. I literally was on a, on a call right now, uh, helping out another church translate, actually your guys' church translate uh, for uh, the Pacific Union conference attorney. And, uh, you know, he, he mentioned something very interesting about the Sabbath. The, the conversation wasn't the Sabbath, but it led to that. And he said that in Jewish culture, the Sabbath is all about joy. Oh, dude, that's, uh, that's, that's not, that's, I mean, look, I was raised Adventist. That is not necessarily how it feels all the time. You look forward to vacation. Do we look forward to, to the Sabbath? Oh, I mean, I mean, that's true. I, I, you know, from my own experiences and, and how I grew up in the, tr- uh, the uh, in the church, you know, that, that the Sabbath is not viewed that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, but I think that um, when we have that true experience, the experience that Jesus wants us to have the the true sabbath right not this idea of uh uh of of not working just to not work right this idea of let's uh make a th- uh, how many laws did you say uh 613 extra Torah, laws absolutely. to keep us from breaking the sabbath you know where people would tie uh chairs to themselves and walk a certain distance so they wouldn't leave their house and they could only eat like a third of the olive and and, and all these different things that we know no i don't think that it was ever supposed to be a burden. I think um, in its truest form, right? Absolutely. You said it's better than a vacation because mm. we're spending time with, with Jesus, right? On a vacation, you're just, you're just uh, almost uh, self-absorbed. You're spending time uh, maybe with your loved ones and yourself and you're just vast, you know, um, I think we all need vacations, but I, like you said, I think the Sabbath kept the way Jesus wanted us to kept, keep it. Uh, that's more better than that's better than a vacation. Yeah, I think I, I think if you I think if you go snorkeling on the Sabbath, it's like a vacation, Jason. You know what I'm talking about, brother. Commenting on that, um, I feel that it's it's very like it's very like um, persistent with the Adventist culture. Like Sabbath is just overwhelmed with activities because we're trying to fill it up with things to do so we don't break the Sabbath. So if we really look at the whole scope, we're acting like all the Pharisees and all the all the, the leaders of that time. If we're looking at that scope, and that scope, um, but and that's really why I feel like sometimes, specifically pastors. So I, I feel for you, Mitch. You guys are burdened. Like you guys have this meeting, or have to preach this, have to prepare this sermon, have all of this. So I feel like sometimes pastors are overworked. And they don't necessarily get the whole meaning of the word rest on the Sabbath. But, but, okay. But let me, but let me, let me just say this because you brought it up and you know, I mean, I got to defend myself here. Here's the thing though. To me, the best day of the week is Sabbath. Like the, the best day of the week is the seventh day. And I know how tired I'm going to be at the end of the day. I, I know how, um, how, how many things have to happen. Right. And for those, by the way, you mentioned Loma Linda. I'm going to make a shout out uh, again, everybody that's joining us. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, we want you to be part of this conversation. Again, if you guys have questions or comments about what we're talking about, let us know. Uh, but I, my church is like literally two minutes away two from minutes away. Linda, okay? Uh, so I know Colton is not considered a blue zone, but I, I you know, I included in there anyways. But, um, uh, you know, I have to go down there from where I live. I stay down uh, at church all day long, pretty much, right? Uh, sometimes we'll go to eat at somebody's house and, and we're very appreciative of that. Uh, but generally speaking, we stay at church. It does become tiring at times. I, I, I feel fatigued, but, but here's the, here's a million dollar question. 
And I, and I ask you guys, you guys have hobbies. You guys enjoy playing. And I, I, I know Andrew, you like playing basketball. I know Jason, you like playing soccer. You're going to tell me that you're going to go to a soccer game. You're not enjoying yourself, even though at the end of all of it, you're going to feel super tired. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, I was still going to go in there and defend you. So like, you can defend yourself, but that, that, that's one of the things like people see that all those burdens, right? They just see it as being like, Oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. Like, Oh, I have, I have to go practice with the choir. They might see it like that. But what Mitch is saying is true. When it's your hobby, when it's something that you like doing, like in my case, playing soccer, when it's something that you love doing, even though you're going to end up getting tired after playing 90 minutes of a game, you enjoyed yourself doing that. And it's the same thing. Sabbath, what, 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 what do we normally do on the Sabbath? We go to church, right? We're learning about God. That, that's, the, that's the main thing. We're trying to get closer to God, spend time with God. But when you're, sh- I feel like when you're, sh- like in Mitch's case, when you're sharing about God, when, when you're passionate about that sharing, even though it does tire you out, you enjoyed that day because you, all you were doing was talking about God, the main thing that you enjoy. And that, that's, that's the problem with how you view things. Because if we just view it as, oh, I have to do this. Oh, I have to, I have to give this class. Oh, I have pathfinders. If you just view it as things to do, then it's, it's always going to be a burden. But once the things that you do are the things that you love doing, you're not going to see it as that. When I was a kid, uh, me being the director of pathfinders, when I was a kid going to pathfinders, I used to sometimes find it boring. I used to find, oh, great pathfinders again. But now as a director, being in the shoes of a director going over there like yeah there's moments that were stressful like because there was so many things to be done but going out there being able to talk to these kids seeing that these kids were learning more about god instead of being something stressful it was something that i really enjoyed Hmm. and it it really it just depends on how we look at how we look at things and it really goes back down we're only going to enjoy the sabbath depending on how our connection with god is how how much of God do we really have in our lives? That's the only way that we're really going to end up enjoying the Sabbath. It's interesting. Andrew, you were going to say something, man. No, uh, yeah. No, I, the only thing I, I would say to that I, is, um, you know, when we think of the Sabbath, if we haven't in our personal lives mm. made as, as Ellen White says, Jesus, our first and last and best, mm. the Sabbath will never be a delight. Mm. And, and no matter what you do, because it's just one day that you're spending that you it's like you're trying to cram for a test in one day you you can't do it hmm. you know and, and how much more with the things of god right if we if we haven't made jesus our friend on a daily basis which the sabbath is only intended for for us to be a, a day of coming together in fellowship and in saying hey this is what i went through this is what you went through how do we come together you know how let's talk about the things that happened during the week it's not supposed to be this day of let me this let me fill myself with with uh, the word and all these things and, and let me cram it in. Like, no, this is just supposed to be a reflection of what we're already living throughout the week. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's never going to be a delight in, in that sense. If, it, if, if you're not making a God, your, your, you know, your friend on a daily basis. So, yeah, yeah, and on yeah, to, to, yeah. to add what you were, you were saying, you know, about uh, uh, playing soccer, basketball, all those things. I think we're going to get into this into another series. We'll, we'll see, but you know, I would just add to, uh, I forget what the verses I, I, Probably I don't quote it correctly, right? But it says if you would, if you would turn away from doing your will Bro, on my day. You want me? You want me to read it? I got it right here because I was. Hey, I don't want to. I don't want to put my words. I like that Bible, Mitch. Oh yeah. You, 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 you remember? You remember where you got this idea from, Mitch? All right. Here you go. 
uh, Ezekiel chapter 58, by the way, it's just so easy to carry in, in one hand. It is. Uh, Ezekiel 58, 13. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, uh, from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, not finding your own pleasure, not speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth. And, and, I, and honestly, I think that when I read that verse, that changes absolutely everything because that to me is telling me it's possible to do something that's not even bad, something that's good, right? We could take things that, that we like to do that are not necessarily bad, but it says turn away from even the, maybe the good things that you like to do, but they're the things that you want to do, the, your pleasure, right? And turn away from those things to spend time with God. Yeah, well, right. Right, right, right. Okay, so uh, the, the text points to um, a differentiation between my pleasures, okay, mm. and God's delight. And that's not to say that there are things that I could do that are pleasurable to me and are delightful to God. But specifically on this day, the things that I consider pleasurable, okay, um, you know, we, we mentioned sports, TV, uh, things that we say, hey, I enjoy doing these things. The idea is that if you were to turn away from those things and now instead consider the Sabbath a delight, and which means that there is a greater pleasure, there is a greater uh, uh, satisfaction that we receive or that we should receive. I don't know if we receive it, but that we should receive from worshiping on Sabbath, by, by keeping the Sabbath holy, by doing what God wants us to do, by being in communion with him. And I'm going to add in there as well, because again, our practice at Seventh-day Adventist is to go to church on the Sabbath. Um, I, look, I, I enjoy being with my church family. And, and, and I'm just going to say this right now in case you haven't realized, but your church family is actually the family that you're going to be spending all of eternity with. Like, like I, we somehow make this differentiation, be, differentiation between, oh, my family and then my church family. Dude, like that's your real family right there, right? These are the ones that are bonded by the blood of Christ, which is much stronger than any of the blood that runs through our systems. So there is something there that should be found in the Sabbath, right? Um, in fact, we could even put it as a, as a benefit. I mean, because I think we should talk about that, right? Like, like what ultimately are these benefits because there must be something delightful in the Sabbath. There must be something that pleases God when we keep the Sabbath. What, I mean, what, what do you guys feel are the benefits ultimately of the Sabbath? Easy. Wrong. Like the article was saying a day of rest, like to me, like, especially now, like working when I was in school, it didn't really matter. Cause I was still studying. I was always active in church. So it was, it was just something constant, but now that I work and sometimes I have 10, 12 hour work days, when the Sabbath comes, it's like, okay, I'm still going to wake up early, but I'm not waking up as early. And two, I'm not going to work. And three, I'm going to go meet with people that believe the same thing as I do. And I'm, and I'm going to go enjoy myself at church. I actually, I, I, I enjoy going to, my, going to church. Like it's something that I actually really like. Um, and uh, right now with everything that's going on, not being able to go to church, like now you, like, I personally miss it. I personally miss being in church, singing, singing um, for, uh, for, uh, for worship, all of those things, being up top, translating, even that, I miss it. Mm. Um, but it, to me, that's one of the biggest benefits. That's like the first thing I notice off the bat, off of Sabbath, I get to rest from all the physical labor I do through the day. And I, 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 I enjoy that. I really, I love the fact that I don't have to go to work. 
I'm I'm gonna tell you why you missed the church, Jason. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why, and I'm I'm gonna uh, respond to what you were saying. Uh, Mitch, you help me out with one of the verses. I'm gonna help you out with one of the verses. If we turn to Leviticus 23, two to three. Look at what it says here. This is what, this is important about the Sabbath. Sorry, say that says, one more time. Leviticus what? That is Leviticus 23, two to three. Look at what it says here. It says. Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, the feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. These are my feasts. Six days shall be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath, a solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work on it. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings, right? Mm. We're mm. talking about this. The Sabbath is a holy convocation. It's, a, it's an assembly, right? It's what we call a church right and we're talking about why we miss church so much and that's because that's directly tied into what god wants us to experience that fellowship right that like you said uh sometimes we we can even put the church family even closer to our own family because mm -hmm. sometimes you know uh, our, our family like maybe doesn't believe family. in god or, or doesn't want you know and, and that's the family that we're going to be going like you said going up to heaven with so in some instances even 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 that so yeah absolutely that and we talked a little bit about that, right? Uh, uh, and we we're talking about the importance of church, right? Um, uh, where uh, right. Paul's talking about the neglect of meeting with one another, right? As some are in the habit of doing, right? And this is this is one of the benefits that we have is that that we can uplift each other and that we can come together in holy communion. And and to be honest, you know, it's one of the biggest issues I think, right? As far as and maybe this is too early to mention this, and maybe we weren't going to get into this, right? Because hmm. um, we're going to talk, in, I don't know if we're going to talk about in this series about what can we do on the Sabbath, right? Sure. Or what things shouldn't we do into on the Sabbath, right? But I just wanted to, to, to mention this, right? Because when it comes to working on the Sabbath, right? And this mm -hmm. is this is like a big issue, right? Working on the Sabbath or should we, you know, what can you do on the Sabbath? What what can, can't you do, right? For nurses or, or that work in the hospital and all these things, right? And sometimes I feel like, you know, we, we try to use it as a pass. To say, oh, I'm a I'm a doctor or I'm a nurse, I you know I can work I can you know I don't have to go to church on Sabbath, right? I I, I you know, and if you're you're doing your ministry at uh, uh you know obviously healing Jesus did healing and did all that, and I have nothing against that. You're you're ministering to people on the Sabbath day at at, at work, you know, at, at, in the hospital. I have nothing nothing against that, right? My issue with this, my biggest issue is for the person who has not made Jesus their first and last and best throughout the entire week. What happens if you take the only day that you have to have a connection and a communion with God on the Sabbath day, and you take that away and you say, oh, I got to work on the Sabbath. Then what happens to your relationship with God? Hmm. That is to me is, a, is the bigger issue. And I'm not saying that's everyone, but unfortunately in our churches, that's not some, in, in some cases, that's not the case. And we use that as a pass to say, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm a nurse or I'm whatever you I, I, I you know, I do that at, at my job. But if you're not making Jesus your first priority throughout the week, if you're not spending time with Jesus every single day in prayer and speaking about him throughout the week, if you take that one Sabbath day away, your only connection to God, your only connection to his people, the holy convocation, his encouragement, all that, you take that away. And what happens? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but you, but you, you're saying it though. You're saying the exact problem. Uh, the Sabbath was not meant for you to feed your relationship exactly. uh, with God 
on only that day. Like it's not, exactly. see, I don't, I don't see anywhere in scripture at all where it tells me that the Sabbath is, is the day, right? All the other exactly. days don't matter, but the Sabbath exactly. is the day. It, it's, it's, it's completely uh, asinine to believe that you can maintain a relationship with God, but only care about him one day out of the week. Right. So, uh, 52, 52, uh, Sabbaths out of the year, 52 days out of 365. I only care about God 52 days out of 365. That doesn't make sense. And, and, and so I think what you're saying is on point, which is the idea that we have to maintain the relationship with Jesus. We have to keep him as savior and Lord throughout the week. Right. As opposed to simply saying, Oh, Sabbath is my day where I'm going to get fed where I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to grow spiritually. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get closer to God on that day only because then uh, Christianity and, and faith experience becomes this just up and down experience, right? Where we're good on Sabbath and then it just starts dropping down and then we need Sabbath to refuel for the record. I've heard that expression many times that Sabbath is like a, 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 a time where we refuel. Now forget refueling on the Sabbath. You don't refuel on the Sabbath. You got to be full every single day. At least that's the way I see. It. I, I don't you know. Got, you, got, you got to be a hybrid, bro. You have to take yeah gas and, and electricity. You can't have <laughs> run on one source. <laughs> you can't. You can't do that. And only on one day. It makes no sense. Now, I feel like I feel like this this text um could help the case of this um uh, John fourteen verse fifteen and it says if you love me keep my commandments. You're not just gonna keep the commandments Sabbath. You keep it throughout the whole week, and that whole everything that you like Andrew was saying earlier everything throughout the week is exemplified on the Saturday. Mm. Like your choices are going to like your choice to go or not to go to church or not go to church to worship or to not worship. It's going to be all based on what you did during the week. If you don't have a connection with Jesus during the week, if you don't, like he says, like, if you don't, if you don't follow my commandments, you don't love them. You're not going to do it during the week. Why would you do it on a Sabbath? It's the, it's going to be the last decision that you're going to want to make. Yeah. Now I think it's important to also know that when now the, um, them uh andrew mentioned the nurses and doctors i've met some nurses and doctors that still like request the sabbath off mm-hmm. like it's not something that's undoable so uh, they can people can't go off and use that as an excuse either but if oh, that yeah. so happens if that so happens like yeah you're still ministering you're still helping out like i have nothing against that but there's no excuse to not be able to still keep the sabbath holy even in those even in those jobs you still you still have a choice to keep the Sabbath holy. You can still um, even while you're working, you could still keep keep on keep, um, having God in your mind and all that. Yeah, and and I and I didn't want to say that that that's what what my position was that hey you know you you can't work on the Sabbath if you're a nurse and no I absolutely agree yeah. with that. You if you make that if that's possible for you then then more all power to you. I'm just saying from my own ex, my own experience myself not. Not that I'm a nurse or anything like that, but I'm saying like my own experience um, before I met the Lord, you know, it was just uh, five days throughout the week. You know, I just uh, did what I wanted. And then and then Sabbath, I, you know, try to cram everything in. And I and I say this only because I feel like this is actually the not the minority experience, but the majority experience. That's mm-hmm. why I say that. Um. Uh, well, I, and, 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 I, and I don't know that for a fact. I'm just what I sure. feel. Sure. Yeah. I, I would say we got to be careful in generalizing this because um, we don't know individually the case of every person, every doctor, every nurse, things like that. 
and and perhaps that's a conversation we got to get into. Um, again, just want to uh, shout out to everybody that's that's on with us right now, that's live. Um, if you have a comment, if you have a question, you want to get into this conversation, put it in the chat. Let us know. Thank you for joining us. Um, I want to I want to just kind of uh, take us real back again to this idea of the benefits of the Sabbath, um, and, and I want to know what you guys think about the following. Um, I think that the Sabbath is one of the greatest limiters of selfishness. Okay, let me say that one more time. I, I believe it is it is one of the greatest, if not the greatest limiter of selfishness. And what do I mean? Um, I, I think one of the things that we struggle most with, with spiritually is being self-centered. That may be the greatest struggle that we have. We are self-centered, right? We think about ourselves more than we think of others. Um, when Jesus was asked, if you guys remember that one time where Jesus was asked, I think it's Matthew 22, when he's asked about that great, commandment which is the great commandment right? i think an attorney comes up to him and says which is the great commandment and jesus responds by saying well you shall love the lord your god and the other one is like it love your neighbor right i'm summarizing and he says all the law and the prophets depend on this we have mentioned this before we mentioned it last week right we, yeah. we talked about this text now when he says that you notice that jesus says that all of the law and all of the prophets are based on this idea of loving someone other than yourself. You love God and you love your neighbor. The law and the prophets are not dependent on or based upon loving myself. They're not about self-centered love. They're about other loving, right? Or or uh, loving others. And, and so when I look at the summary that Jesus gives the law, and, and I'm getting to my point here, it, he's saying that the law, and let's just use the Ten Commandments because I believe he was summarizing the Ten Commandments there. Uh, the law basically points to removing selfishness from your heart by loving God and loving your neighbor. Now, I think any Christian would agree with that. And then at the heart or at the center of the Ten Commandments, you have the fourth. Right? We've read it, Exodus chapter 20, but I'm going to go ahead and, and read it for you guys anyways, right? Uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, you guys probably even know it by memory. Uh, Bible says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. So there I see this idea of loving God, right? There it is, the Sabbath loving God. And we, when we divide the Ten Commandments into the, the two concepts that Jesus points to, we put the, se- the fourth commandment as part of that first section. But then I, if you keep reading, it becomes very interesting because then it says, in it, you shall do no work. You, okay, yeah, I won't do any work. It's the Lord's. But then it says, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. So here I find the second element. First element, loving God. Second element, loving your neighbor. And so the Sabbath tells you, oh, you, because you know how it works, right? Um, Yeah, no, I keep the Sabbath. I don't work. But I do have 15, 20 employees working for me on the Sabbath. Who's, oh, by the way, that's going to profit whom? That's going to profit me, right? Oh, but I'm not working on the Sabbath. And so I, I think here, these restrictions are put in there in the Sabbath telling you, look, this is about loving God and loving your neighbor. It is about limiting your selfishness. I love the way this pastor once put it. It said, it is, a, it is, it is as you're going through your work week, all of a sudden, the Sabbath interrupts all your ideas and says, stop. Stop thinking about yourself. Start thinking about God. Start thinking about others. Stop thinking about yourself. Start thinking about God. Stop thinking. Start thinking about others. By the way, this is why 
one of the reasons we don't go out and, and purchase things on the Sabbath, because now someone is working for you mm -hmm. on the Sabbath, right? We avoid all those purchases. We, we, we avoid having to do these things. I get it. Emergencies pop up, but when we have a choice, don't do it because now you're not thinking you're thinking of yourself, but you're not thinking of others. What do you guys think about that? That's, that's very on point. Like, um, it's, it's clear in the text too. Like no one is going to do it. If you're not doing it, why would you make somebody else do it? Like if you go buy something on the Sabbath, not just the, are you interrupting your connection with God, you're stopping that person from at, and limiting them to at some point having a connection with God. Cause now they're forced to go to work, mm. you know? And I mean, at the end of the day, we're going to be accountable to what we do to our neighbor as well. Want to, to add I, the light bulb? I had a light bulb moment that went off in my head when you were when you were talking about that um, because I, earlier I said that um, the Sabbath was a given. That was something that was almost a given. It was not about should we keep the Sabbath. It was how the the Sabbath should be kept. But another thing that was interesting in that that ties into that is that came to my mind is right. We know the Shema, right? Hero Israel, Lord God, the Lord God is one, right? This is one of the sayings that many of the the, uh, the the Pharisees, the Israelites at that time had, it was something that was in their, in their memory. And right after that would follow love the Lord, your God with all your heart and all your mind. Mm -hmm. your soul, right. And I think it's interesting because when we look at when Jesus was speaking to different people in that time, it says many of the people were okay with the idea of listening to what God said, right. Many of the people uh, were like, Oh, what does the father say? You know, what does God say? But like you said, the issue that Jesus, that we see Jesus constantly fixing was not that, was the idea that Jesus was constantly fixing was the loving your neighbor part. Right. He was constantly right. trying to point people to show them how it was, you know, uh, uh, of the leper, uh, the man who had leprosy, uh, you know, uh, uh, helping a man on the Sabbath, right? He makes all these different uh, illustrations. But I think it's, it's interesting how you said that because, yeah, the Sabbath absolutely does point to us uh, uh, an unselfish work, right? And it was something that I feel like to those people at that time was a struggle because the they knew the, the Shema by memory. And it's something, the first thing that came to their mind is love the Lord your God. But the correction was in loving your neighbor. And I think that Jesus was, was very clearly trying to not only, uh, um, how would you say, reshape their mind about the Sabbath, but also reshape their mind about how to care for others. Right. Right. Not just that, like if we apply it to nowadays, if we tell hermanos, hey, after church, after after lunch, we're going to go on Obra Misionera, how many of them really show up? How many of them really want to go out there and tell others about Jesus? You get your very select few, your newcomers, and then you have your one or two that's always there. But it's the same thing. It's the same problem. We're, we're, we're selfish in that area. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think I think uh, the Sabbath as a as a limiter of selfishness. I think it really makes us question, right, whether we're thinking about ourselves or we're thinking about God and and uh, our neighbor. Um, I, again, uh, thank you for everybody that's connecting to us. We got an interesting question. I think we can't ignore it um, because it, it is a is it, it is an objection that comes up, and and I think this is a, where we got to take our conversation to uh, because as we know, a lot of Christians, a lot of Christians. Uh, who believe in Christ, who believe in Scripture, do not keep the Sabbath the way that that Seventh-day Adventists do or, or other Sabbath-keeping denominations. Um, but uh, David points this out. He says, look, um, 
there are those who respond to this issue of the Sabbath and they say that the days of creation are not literal days, but have prophetic significance that each day is a hundred or a thousand years. All right. And so in this way, they're saying that Saturday, the Sabbath is not necessarily the day of rest. Look, I know you guys have been Adventists for some time. I know you guys have, have had conversations with other people who perhaps don't believe in Sabbath. And so I, I want to see what you guys think about this. I mean, I have a very clear idea as to what, what, what is wrong with this objection, but I want to hear what you guys think. It, I think the, how he worded it says it itself, um, that it's prophetic significance. Creation wasn't a prophetic event. It wasn't a, a something like that. Creation is something literal that happened that we as Christians believe that happened. So to me, in my understanding, you can't, that can't be tied together. The whole a hundred days is the same thing as a thousand years. Anything that's prophetic can't attach to creation. So that it can't attach to the Sabbath. So meaning that the Sabbath is literal, not just a prophetic or symbolic day. It's something that is literal because in seven days, God did create the heavens and the earth. And on and six days, and on the seventh, he rested. Okay. Andrew, what do you think? I was going to say, you know, I, I talked to you last night. I'm not much of, I'm not much when it comes to a pro prophecy. I'll let you take this one. <laughs> okay. Oh, very, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just throw it over. No, no, I'm fine. Look, I, I, first of all, I have a, I have, I have a very strong objection. I, I, I kid you not. When, when people automatically say, look, uh, the creation is symbolic. It's, it's not literal. And that seventh day when God created the heavens and the earth and the seventh day he rested is a symbolic 100 or 1000 year period. So when did that happen? Because if you think about it, if I'm going to take that description of things, right? And I'm going to go day one is a thousand years. Day two is a thousand, a thousand years. Day three is a thousand years. And there's some like weird evolutionary process where we reach the maximum level of evolution or the highest level of evolution. Jason, you would probably like this, right? And, and we're there, right? And then humans pop up. And the very next thing that happens is Sabbath. And so there's a thousand years of rest. Like as soon as you really start boiling down to this type of interpretation, it starts breaking down. Doesn't make sense. So you mean humans were created after 6,000 years? Someone who doesn't believe in God or doesn't believe in scripture or believes in evolutionary creation um, will, will end up saying, well, no, it was a process of a million years, not a thousand years. So maybe each one represents a million and that doesn't make sense either. So I, I, think, I think there are problems when it break down, but let me put it to you this way. Assume for a second that, uh, creation is not literal and creation is symbolic, right? That it is a more of a mythological story. Just assume that for a second. I don't believe that, but let's just assume that for a second. Well, regardless, in the moral law written by God's very own finger to his people, to his people, he says, work six days, keep the seventh, keep it holy. And then he makes a reference to creation, just like you said, Jason, right? And remember, because in six days, God created the heavens and the earth and everything that is in them and rested and sanctified the seventh day. So the, the text itself says that Deuteronomy chapter five, which is a reiteration of the Ten Commandments, also repeats the same idea about the seventh day being kept. And even before the commandments were given, like, check this out. Even before the commandments were given, you go to Exodus 13, 14, 15, wherever that is, where bread is coming down from heaven. Dude, they're keeping the Sabbath right then and there. 
So law or no law, creation being symbolic or not, the Sabbath is there. And if I have to add on to this, not only do the prophets in the Old Testament point to keeping the Sabbath week after week, okay? On top of that, did Jesus not keep the Sabbath week after week? Did he not go to the synagogue? Did he not teach on Sabbath rest? And did he not say that he is Lord of the Sabbath? So all of a sudden, when we try to use these things that, and you know, and, I, and I've heard this before, uh, other people will say, oh no, the Sabbath was for the Jews. It's not for us, right? Um, I, I run into things that become very inconsistent with the way we read scripture. Go, go ahead, and. No, yeah, I, okay. I understood what's being said. What you guys were, what was the question that was being asked now? Um, but kind of going along with what you were saying, uh, I was actually looking up this ar uh, article that I found interesting because uh, it kind of brings up, it kind of goes along with what you were saying. Is like, how do we know that that Sabbath is on Saturday still? Like, how do we know? Like, if the calendars have changed, how do we know that that we still have the same Sabbath day, or that it hasn't shifted, or all these different things, right? So I was finding this uh, uh, this article that I found, right, um, that dates back to when Jesus was um, was here walking the earth, right? There's two different types of calendars that have come up from that time until now, right? We have the Julian calendar and the Gregorian calendars, from my knowledge, from what I was reading, right? And what happens is that in the Julian calendar, there is a, discrep uh, a, a small discrepancy in the numbers, like kind of like what we see with uh, pi, the 3.14, Right. We see the 3.14. But if we see the actual numbers like 3.14 point, point, you know, like and, and all these numbers. Right. We don't take that same number. So what was happening with the Julian calendar, they had the number uh, 365.25. Right. And they were calculating the days like this. Sure. But the actual full number is 365.242195. Sure. So after many years passed, we started getting extra days. And that's where we get the leap year. And then the, the seven, seven day calendar shifted to a 10 day calendar, right? So we have these extra days, but the actual seventh day remained the same. And I want to read this to you guys. It says, because of this discrepancy, the centuries past season shifted. The shift uh, amount to 10 days in AD 1582. And so the Gregorian calendar was initiated to remedy the problem. It corrected the 10 day error and also began our leap year cycle. It says, if men refuse to observe weeks, and the line of the time was forgotten, the day of the week could be, oh no, this is actually another quote that, that I found. And I thought it was interesting because it, even if we, for some reason lost, right, the, the order of, of, of the days, right, we say that somehow we lost it. I, I read this uh, from a, it says, the British Chronological and Astronomical Association. It says, if men refused to observe weeks and the line of time was forgotten, the day of the week could be recovered by observing when transits of planets or eclipses of the sun and the moon occurred. These great sentinels of the sky keep seven days with scientific accuracy, thundering out the seven days inscribed in the inspired page. So that's hmm. powerful to me. So even if we lost the day, the days for some reason, we say that it's shifted, that. which I don't believe we do. And, and I know you love this because this is science right in your realm, right, Jason? We yeah. would still be able to recover those days which means that we're still keeping the Sabbath that, that the Lord uh, initially wanted us to, to keep. Yeah. And I, actually that I had, I had, um, I had that last quote that you had said, I had heard it before and it really wowed me because I had never thought about something like that. And when my professor told me about that, I was like, dude, like no matter where we look, God has his signature everywhere, no matter where. And, um, just to make this matter a little bit more simple, um, 
uh, for us Adventists, there's a Camp Cedar Falls. And I think I was about, I think I was maybe like 16, 15, 16. And with a certain speaker that was out there, um, I can't remember his name, um, but I asked him like, how can I defend, how can I tell someone that the Sabbath is the, the Sabbath that is Saturday? Like, like, how can I still say that? He's like, make it simple. He's like, are you a Christian? He's like, now, if you're a Christian, who do you follow? You follow Jesus. Now, what was Jesus? He was a Jew, right? Mm. Give me an example or try to find a Sabbath that the Jews have missed or lost in history. Easy does it. They've never, they keep perfect track record of the Sabbath. So if Jesus was worshiping on the Sabbath, the seventh day, why would I switch that if I'm a Christian, a Christian being a follower of Christ? Why would I want to switch that? Yeah, yeah. And there's and there's not a single instance in the New Testament where there is a switch uh, between the because in the initial Christians were Jews, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. And and there is nowhere where they say, now we're going to keep the Sabbath as the first day of the week or any other day of the week for that matter. Um, and if anybody were to push back on this, though, this idea that, oh, the Jews, and you say, well, why do I got to point to the Jews? I'm not Jewish. Uh, I am saved by grace. I am under a new covenant, all these different things. Uh, to me, there's something really interesting that, that Paul says in, um, in Romans chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Right, because he does point to uh, to the tradition of Jewish culture, especially in his time and back, to having a, a certain privilege position. Uh, let me let me read this to you guys. It says uh, Romans three one. Uh, he asks, "What advantage then has the Jew, or what is the profit of circumcision?" And he says, "Much in every way, there is an advantage." And he says, "Chiefly or primarily, the number one reason, because to them." were committed the oracles of God. That is the scripture, the word. This is why we grab the Old Testament, right? And we say, okay, the, the Jewish Old Testament is our Old Testament as well. Uh, we may have a different order in books, but this is why we look at it because we believe that they were entrusted the scriptures. In the mm -hmm. same way, we look at what was done back then and we say, okay, this was the idea. Um, they would keep the Sabbath. And you're right, up until this time, uh, although many have tried to exterminate Jews, right? And, and thankfully that has not happened. Uh, we can see that there is still a very strict keeping week after week. Um, and uh, we could say, well, wasn't that lost during, during certain times throughout exile and things like that? It is believed that historically sometimes it was lost, but they would always come back to it. And you would always go back to the calendar and find out when the actual seventh day was. Um, at the end, I always say the reason why uh, we keep the Sabbath. The reason why I keep the Sabbath is mainly for four reasons. One, it was established in Genesis, right? In the creation account. Two, it's, it's uh, stated in God's moral law, right? In the Ten Commandments. Three, Jesus kept the Sabbath. And four, the New Testament doesn't tell us that the Sabbath was ever changed. That is enough for me, by the way, to grab the entire corpus of scripture and form a doctrine out of that and say the Sabbath is something that should be kept by every single Christian. And I'm not going to equivocate on that. I'm serious about that. I believe that every Christian should keep the Sabbath. How you keep it, that's a conversation for another day. But should you keep it? Absolutely. Should you make it holy, sanctified? Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, so You're telling me that Christians 2020 today should be keeping the Sabbath. That's what you're saying. Absolutely. And when I say Christians, I mean every single Christian on the planet. I believe it. Now, do allow me to say this, though, because I do believe that not everybody has the light as we have been shown. And even some who read it in scripture still don't see that light. 
But I think that eventually we will all see it. And we're going to have to, because the Bible does say that uh, month after month, Sabbath after Sabbath up mm-hmm. in heaven. We're gonna, so we're going to have to learn this at some point. And I believe what Ellen White says when she says that if you want to be holy in heaven, you got to be first holy here on earth. So here is where we learn the concepts and the principles that we're going to be living in heaven. Oh, I, Jason, if you had, if you had something or I, I oh, yeah, actually, um, um, Isada put in the comments, she said in creation, God blessed in parentheses, the Sabbath, not a Sabbath. So this would be the seventh day, Saturday, not Sunday. Mm-hmm. So last day of the week, the Sabbath, not just, I, I like that. I really, really like that. I have a verse for you guys. Isaiah 56, one through eight. Look at what it says here. If, if you guys, this doesn't, doesn't settle your doubts. It says, uh, thus says the Lord, keep justice and do righteousness. For soon my salvation will come and my righteousness be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this and the son of man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath, not profaning it and keeps his hand from doing any evil says let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the lord say the lord will surely separate from me well the lord will surely separate me from his people so this is speaking to everyone the foreigner it says and let not the eunuch say behold i am a dry tree for for thus says the lord to the eunuchs who keep my sabbaths who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant i will give in in my house and within my walls, a monument and a name better than the sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Just pause right there. Does that sound like something written in Revelation where it says we're going to have something written on our forehead? Absolutely. Revelation wow. And this Absolutely. is to the foreigner. And mm-hmm. it continues and it says, and the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servant servants. Everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain. That's what you said, Mitch, right? Uh, Who who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, right? These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. And their burnt offerings and their sacrifice will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples, the Lord God, who gathers the outcasts of Israel declares who are the outcasts we are the gentiles the foreigners i will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered if that doesn't say it plainly i don't i don't know what else does i have a confession i had honestly never came across this or at least i don't remember coming across this and this really this hits it out of this hits it like out of the ballpark like this it like you said if you don't understand it after reading this Bro, bro, I think I think it's because you've been going to the wrong Adventist church, man. We gotta come to back. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Okay, no, I'm totally kidding about that. Hey, look, don't mention that church, Jason. No, yeah. Unfortunately, I was a preacher at your church for a very long time. I am so sorry about that, brother. Okay. Um, but but yeah, and and it's very interesting because you mentioned Isaiah uh 56. We could go to Isaiah 58 as well, right? And eventually, when you reach the very end of Isaiah, by the way, Isaiah. Uh, writes almost for two different time periods, a time period where we are in exile, where we are struggling, where we are God's people, but we don't know when we're going to get out of this. And then he promises you the deliverer, right? He promises you the suffering servant in Isaiah 53. And then eventually when you reach the very end of Isaiah, this is the end. 
right? This is this is what we aim for. This is the uh, the 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 joy we would say the 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 joy that we hope to receive one day of eternal life. Right? I'm reading the very the like literally uh, the second to the last verse. Right? Um, I'll read from verse 22, Isaiah 66, 22 for as the new heavens and the new earth. And Andrew, I'm gonna piggyback off, off of what you just said. Where have we heard that before? Oh, Book of Revelation. That's right. Right. Well, I'm Revelation telling you. 21. There it is. Okay. For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain, and it shall come to pass. And I love this, that from new moon to another, in other words, every month, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. There it is, right? This is what we are looking forward to. And and, I, and look, I'm going to, I'm speaking from the heart here, okay? If someone who is not Adventist is hearing this, I, I love you as a brother in Christ, okay? And please do not get offended by what I'm about to say, but let me say this though, okay? Um, it is so inconsistent for us to simply brush off the Sabbath and point to a verse in Hebrews and says, oh, uh, Jesus is our Sabbath rest. And that just completely ignores everything that we see in Genesis, in Exodus, in Deuteronomy, in all of the book of Isaiah, and up until the very end of time, for us to simply say, I'm going to keep nine commandments, and I think all nine commandments are valid, but I'm not going to keep the fourth one. The fourth one doesn't matter much to me. Um, I think it's disingenuous up to a certain point. I, I, I think it's unfair for us to even present scripture in this light, because at the end of the day, it is true. God focuses a lot on the Sabbath, both before the commandments and even after until the very end of time. Just like I, I like this comment that God focuses on, 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 on the Sabbath even before the commandments. And to back that up, Charlie just actually made a comment and it said, God told His people pick up the manna every day, but on Friday pick up double for the Sabbath, meaning that the days are literal. Mm. So like even just for that, for something of our physical need of food, even for that, God made it special. Like, hey, look. You don't have to go work for your food on Sabbath. Like it's already there. Like I'm providing it for you. Right. Right. Yeah. And 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 we could literally go here. We could be here forever because I was looking at this and and I have uh, verses in my notes that, that I just pile up. And you you seen my notes, bitch, in from my phone. And we can go yeah, over. I, I don't all... get them. I don't get them, brother. <laughs> I've looked at them. I, they're confusing me. You don't get them. And then we we have a we can go over a spiritual Israel. Are we the current day Israel? And we can go through a whole study of that. We have I have a bunch of verses, right? But I think you said something interesting, right? You said you didn't want to offend uh, 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 people who don't, uh, you know, not non-seven-day Adventist believers, non-denominational or whatever you want to call yourself, people who don't believe the Sabbath day, right? We just went through a whole study right here talking about how we believe that Sabbath, right, was established by God for everyone, every Christian. But now I ask you guys, how do we deal with Christians who don't keep the Sabbath? How, what is our position to non-denominational churches or, or people who don't believe in the Sabbath? What do you guys think? I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. It's a phrase that I always keep in mind. What would Jesus do? Jesus wouldn't belittle them. If anything, he would explain, look, this is what I believe. He would make a case for his belief. Uh, so in my case, I would just make a case for my belief, like why, and give textual textual proof for it. But I would not belittle the person because once you belittle someone and you offend them, whatever you're trying to 
get your point across, whatever it is you're trying to teach them is going to go completely out the window. So that, that yeah. that's the first thing. Yeah, let, let, let me and let me um let me make sure that we can distinguish what we're trying to talk about as well when we say belittling. By the way, we got like about ten minutes left, so if there is a last comment or question that needs to come in, this is the moment. But uh, uh, Jason, um, I I, I want to make sure that when we exhort or we rebuke someone, we distinguish that the biblical exhort exhorting and rebuking is different to belittling. Yeah, because because if I go in, for example, and I'm going to defend what I just said right now. Right. Uh, and I say, hey, I don't want to offend, but I believe that it is disingenuous. I'm not trying to belittle you. I'm just telling yeah, you, you, I think you're, this not, is wrong. you're not right. Right. But I think that there is a sense of of um, would the word be elitism. Right. Sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. And I and I've seen this in, in Adventist circles. And you know how you can belittle a Christian. You can tell them, oh, oh, you're, oh, you're going to hell. Right. Oh, oh, you don't, oh, you don't have the truth. You don't have the truth. We have the truth. You don't have the truth. And, and I think that's such a poor spirit. By the way, I think part of this comes from a couple of texts in scripture. Uh, first of all, Revelation 12, 17, where it talks about a remnant that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. And I think uh, we read that and we say, oh, well, we keep the commandments of God. We keep all of them. You don't. You're not part of the remnant. The problem with that is that the remnant is called to bring in people into the remnant. Mm-hmm. So it's not meant to exclude, it's meant to bring in, right? That's the first thing. Uh, I, I think the text that, Andrew, you read, Ex- Exodus 31, where you say, oh, this is a sign between me and you. That's what God says. We say, oh, look, we are God's true people. You are not. Well, be careful because Ellen White's very clear that eventually those people, Jews went through this as well biblically, right? They were God's people. And then eventually they left and others came in. Mm-hmm. So before you take the spirit of, hey, we are and you're not, be careful with that because I don't think that's a Christian thing. Um, and so at, at the end, right, there is this sense of elitism. Uh, we're better than you when the Sabbath. And I, I don't think that's proper. I think we need to make sure that we treat other Christians who don't believe the same thing with the love and respect, just like you said, as Jesus would do. Yeah. And j- just to add to what you guys were saying, I, you know, I think it's it's true. And I think it in some places, I don't, I hate generalizing, right? It can, it can plague some of us, right? Some, especially with the SDA church, we sometimes we tend to look as a, what is it, pharisaical or a very, you know, elitist, like you said, all, all kinds of different things, right? Uh, cultic, oh, yeah, the, the names go on, right? But we have to be careful, right, in, in how we deal with other, uh, other denominations, right? And, and not feeling like we have, we do feel, we do have this truth that we say that we have, right? But it's how we get it across. And and I'll just start off by 1 Peter 3.15. Everybody knows this verse. It says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you mm-hmm. to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Always miss that last part. Do this with gentleness and respect. And on top of that, at the very beginning of the verse, before we even get into it, it says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. That to me is telling me that... Jesus has to be number one in your heart before you go over there trying to uh, 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 speak about the, uh, you know, uh, even correct anybody. Jesus has to be first in your heart if you're going to do it the right way. It says, but do this with gentleness and respect. Right. And, and just as Mitch was saying, right, um, uh, in John 10, 16, it says, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. We know that there's going to be a following, a falling away of the church in the end time. So this is not 
the last remnant, there will be a group that comes after that will, there will be seven day Adventists. There will be a, uh, uh, you name the church, right? So we can't have this elitism and we have to have a gentleness and respect, but still speak the truth. Right. And, and we combine all these things. And we say that I believe that Jesus or God will bring his remnant and he will bring his truth to all those who are really seeking him, whether they believe in the Sabbath or not. Right. And, and uh, there's this, um, there's this quote from Ellen White when uh, I actually found multiple quotes when she's talking about the Catholic church, because not only non-denominational Christians, but sometimes at Seventh-day Adventists, we put the, the Catholic church as the beast and we put all these barriers between us and the Catholic church that we're supposed to be reaching those people as well. Look at what she says in these quotes. It says, we should not upon entering a place, build up unnecessary barriers between us and other denominations especially the Catholics, so that they shall think we are their avowed enemies. We should not create a prejudice in their mind unnecessarily by making a raid upon them. From that which God has shown me, a great number will be saved from the Catholics. Sure, sure. And it continues. I have more quotes. It says, among the Catholics, there are many who are, mo are most conscientious Christians and who walk in all the light that shines upon them, and God will work on their behalf. Another one, many Catholics read the echo, and among the number there are honest souls who accept the truth. None need to feel that Catholics are beyond their re our reach. Combine everything that we're saying. Yes, we have a special message, and we should not stop preaching that message, but there is a tact that we have to have in reaching non-denominational churches, and we have to remember these things. Right. Uh, just to finish off my point in Philippians 3.15, it says. All of the all of us then who are mature should take a, such view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too, God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to that which we have already attained. We might have different views than the, the, the non-denominational church and the Catholic church and all these different churches. Right. But if we think different on some point, if we're, uh, we're divided on the Sabbath issue, that too God will make clear to his true believers. It says, only let us live up to that which we have already attained. We have to live up to the light that we have at this point. And we should continue to push that message, but with tact. Right. Um, and, and we got to start wrapping up. But let me, let me say this, though. Uh, not to push back. I'm not trying to push back here. I agree with everything you just said. I just want to make that clear. Uh, but I do think that uh, to be fair, a lot of us struggle with the idea that this is truth and that is not right. And, and that, and I, and I think that's where sometimes if we don't have a sense of elitism, I get it right. We, we don't have that spirit of I'm better than you, but we do have this idea of, wait a minute, but you're not in the truth. This is the truth. That's not the truth. Um, and, and I, I understand, look, and, and just to be fair again, um, a lot of the things that Paul writes are not doctrinal differences that he's talking about, Andrew. Like, like what we're reading there specifically is not necessarily a doctrinal difference. Like if somebody were to say in the time of Paul that Jesus did not come in the flesh, he would have said, I'm sorry, you are the Antichrist. That's literally what he would have said, right? Would he have said it that way? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I think he would have had his way. But what I'm saying is that um, I, I think it, it becomes a struggle because we, we are convinced that this is truth, right? And we have, um, uh, it, it, you know, I, just, just to bring kind of a, a secular and worldly example, 
Uh, sometimes you hear people having conversations between who's the greatest of all time in basketball, right? And someone will say, no, I believe it's Michael Jordan. Some will say it's Kobe Bryant. Other people say LeBron James. And, and I, I, these conversations are very interesting, but someone is so convinced that it is LeBron James. They're wrong, but it is so convinced <laughs> that it is LeBron James, right? And they're like, no, this is the truth. And some people even get heated in the conversation. Now, again, that's something secular, something that has no bearing whatsoever on anything spiritual or eternal. Sabbath does, though, in my opinion. And so I, I think that we have to ask the Lord for help with these things. Jason, what say you on this? I was just going to read this text and I feel like it kind of wraps this all up, especially when dealing with others and trying to present your truth. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek you and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. And I've said it before on other conversations that we have. God, if you're earnestly seeking truth and if you're earnestly seeking a relationship with god god is never going to guide you somewhere that you're not supposed to be god is never going to put you in a situation where it's going to make you doubt him if anything he's going to put you in a situation where you're going to learn more about his truth he's never going to leave you hanging so that, that's another thing like if, if if we're conversing with someone that doesn't understand that what we believe is to be the truth tell them okay pray about it Read the scripture and then let me know what God tells you. I think that's something that we also have to understand. By me telling someone that the Sabbath is the, is, is the true day of rest, maybe me telling them isn't really going to make them um, believe that truth. But if I tell them, hey, put it in prayer, read about it, read the scriptures, God will. And when God tells you a truth, God convinces you. And when God plants that conviction in you, there's no one that could change that. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, go ahead, Andrew. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to defend. I, I was not saying that we're not to preach the the Sabbath. That's not oh, my I, point. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not at all. What I'm just so you just you know what I'm what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to put myself in the position of that individual who says, "No, wait a minute," but this is truth, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't think anything that you said doesn't 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 point to speaking you started off anyways by quoting first peter three fifteen. so there there is the need to say that i, I wasn't trying to say that i'm ho hopefully that didn't come out that way um but but let me let's uh we, we got to wrap this up i i just got a question here uh jason you got more stuff to say about the sabbath don't you oh yeah okay andrew you got more stuff to say about the sabbath don't you <laughs> a lot more <laughs> so, so, so do i too so much do I. Look, how, how do we keep the sabbath what's the right thing to do on the sabbath right are we are we lost without the sabbath Okay. Is a Christian who doesn't keep the Sabbath, are they lost? Can we consider them lost? How can I enjoy the Sabbath? Okay, okay look. Um, I, first of all, again, we want to thank everybody that's joined us. We do got to wrap it up. Um, but, um, you know, our target, just so all of you know, our target is really about an hour and 15, hour, hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes. Uh, we, we're, we're now going to an hour and a half. Uh, and we appreciate you guys just sticking with us on this conversation. Very quickly, I want to recognize the comments that, that came in at the very end, because I think they're good comments to end with. Um, uh, Maria, uh, Sister Maria Nahida says, uh, you show those around you how special the Sabbath is for you and that God loves us and our responsibility is to share light with love and example. I think that's great. Um, and uh, uh, Isaura says, love and respect. When we experience the Sabbath with joy, people will notice it. Mm -hmm. God will give you Man. the opportunity to share with love. And I think those are excellent comments to end this conversation. Now we're, you guys agree we got to have part two? 
We have hey, the, co- the comments are saying part two. Look at the comments. <laughs> uh, part, part two. By the way, that was the first person I was on. Okay. <laughs> so and she's still on. That means we got to have part two. But, you know, uh, if, if all, if everything goes well and God permits next week, uh, next week, I can tell everybody who's watching. I don't think we're going to agree on everything that we're going to talk about. Uh, we want to have a very open discussion about what it means to keep the Sabbath, or more specifically, how you keep mm-hmm. the Sabbath. And But we want to have this conversation because we at the end believe that through conversation, God can lead us through scripture, through prayer, and through having these dialogues, God can lead us to greater truths. I'm just going to, um, just real quick, uh, Andrew, Jason, any last words? Anything that you guys want to say before we end about this uh, topic? Yeah, no, um, I think it was a great conversation. I just, I just want to end, you know, I, I want us to do a part two, but like we were saying, I want this to be something unanimous that people want because we're, we're, our target is you guys, you know, we're, we only, we're only doing this to, to, to reach as many people as we can. And, and if this is something that you genuinely want us to continue and do a part two, then we'll, we'll gladly do it. I, we love talking about this stuff and, and any of these other subjects, but you know, if, if there's another subject that you guys want, if you guys maybe, I, I don't know, I don't want, I don't want to say had enough of the Sabbath talk, you know, but, or you guys wanted something else, you know, let us know, you know, um, but uh, it's all in your hands. You guys' hands. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Jason, any last words? Um, the Sabbath is beneficial for us, man. Like there's, you look at biblical history and you look at even um, things that the government writes about a day of rest. It's worth it. It's healthy for you. Why wouldn't you want to do it? Why wouldn't you want to separate that day? And rest, not just rest, but get to know more and spend time, personal time with that guy that made you and that made that day. Oh, bro, you just opened up a can of worms. You said government and a day of rest. Uh-oh. Oh, man. Church and state, brother. I don't know about that. You made the meme yourself right there. Hey, church and state. I don't know about that. I don't know if I can get with that. Oh, man, I'm going to tell you. Where, where's been, Elias and Chris on this? Yeah, there, there have been memes that have been coming out about you. I, I don't know. I heard you say government and day arrest. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. But you know what? We, I mean, this would be a very interesting topic. Should we legislate Sabbath keeping? What if it was the right day to keep it? Should we do that? We're going to continue talking about this. I, I, I think we need to. Um, hey, Jason, but, yeah. I hope you're not in accordance with the lawless one. <laughs> uh, man you know what you're only one step from calling him the antichrist let's stop right there okay? let's, let's not even go there man let's not even go there no memes uh, please yeah we're, we're definitely we're definitely getting um uh, uh some comments here about part two so uh next week it will not be the same thing that we talked about it's going to change a little bit all right it's probably be more specific but we do want to continue this conversation on the sabbath um, we, we want to thank everybody that has joined us, that has been with us. Thank you so much uh, for connecting with us. Share it with other people, please. Uh, we, uh, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I think uh, Jason, Andrew, you guys would agree. Uh, it, we want this to be beneficial for other people. Uh, we're, we're not doing this uh, to get likes. We're doing this so that God likes you. Like that, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we want God's approval through all of this as, as opposed to man's approval. Yeah. We're, we we're, that. we're not doing this to get famous. We're not doing it to get money. We're just doing it because this is something that we enjoy. We enjoy talking about the Bible and we have questions like you've seen in our promo video. We have questions and this is our medium, especially right now with everything that's going on around us. This is our medium to talk this out and to also share it with you guys. And I know you guys probably sometimes have the same questions. So 
that's all we're doing this. Go ahead and share this video because I'm sure others have the same questions or have the same ideas in mind. Exactly, exactly. And, and on top of that, it's like we're learning as we go along with you. We don't claim to know everything. You know, that some of these things, uh, some of these topics that we have, you know, finding new articles, new information, all, all, all these things that, that are not only beneficial for you guys, I think beneficial for us as well. So, I mean, absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, we're going to have a word of prayer. Uh, Andrew, you want to lead us in a word of prayer? Yeah, let's bow our heads. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, as uh, we're closing now, we just want to ask that um, you would continue to work through um, these conversations that we're putting out, Lord, that they may be able to uh, reach people, Lord, and that they may not fall on deaf ears, Lord, but that you would uh, work in, in people's hearts, Lord, just as you've been working with us, Lord. Uh, as today we went over the Sabbath, we want to ask that you would allow each and every one of us to continue to push the message of the Sabbath. We are not ashamed, like like Paul says about the gospel, about your message of the Sabbath or anything that we that we believe, Lord. And we want to continue to push that, Lord, but we want to do this uh, all in love, Lord. So we just want to ask that you would continue to work with us through these conversations. And we don't have all the answers and we'll never have all the answers. Uh, there's a part of faith where we have to completely trust in you, but we're trying our best, Lord, to, to grapple with some of these ideas. And we just ask that you would work uh, with your spirit through all of us. And ask this in your name, I pray. Amen. 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 Uh, thank you, Andrew. Once again, we want to remind you, uh, you can connect with us through Keep Calm Advent On. That's the Instagram tag. So at Keep Calm Advent On. Uh, definitely connect with us if you haven't done so. Give us your questions. We want to know what topics you guys want to talk about. Um, we also want to remind you that if everything goes well, next week, 4 o'clock, same time, we're going to be here, again, God permitting, and, uh, and, and we'll continue this topic on the Sabbath. Uh, and lastly, look, we're still in quarantine. You guys know exactly what I'm about to say. We're still in quarantine, right? That means you got to still stay at home. You got time. Keep this dialogue going. Keep this dialogue going. Yeah, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. I wanted to go along with what we were going to talk about before we we, we uh, break up. You know, we want to try to start to do some content during the week, you know, about these videos that we're going to be producing uh, on the Sabbath. You know, maybe uh, drop some questions for you guys that we're going to touch on, 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 on Sabbath, you know, to get you guys thinking. So look out for some of that stuff, you know, on our Instagram or, or on Facebook, you know, so that we can uh, continue to stay in contact. Absolutely. And, and as I've been saying every single week, but keep washing those hands. By the way, keep this conversation going. Keep them in your house going, all right? Keep, keep, keep doing that. Uh, keep washing those hands. If you can, wear those masks. It really helps other people. And when everything goes crazy in this world, five words, keep calm and Advent on. See you guys next week. God bless. God bless, guys.